What is up, friends? Welcome back. Come on in. Take a load off. Allow us to refresh you with a little bit of common freaking sense. I am Chris, a Green Beret medic, husband, and father. I am Pastor Eric, which indicates that I am a pastor, and I am. I'm also a student of theology and a person who treads in the areas of righteousness. How are you supposed to follow that? (laughs) Coming at you guys this week, we're going to be talking about traditions. Why do we have them? What makes them important? Should we just throw them out? Or should we keep them around? We're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about the craziness of the 24-hour news cycle uh, here in the who's who and what's new. And I got to say, it's actually more good news this week. All right. Looking forward to that. But I think it might just be that the manufactured chaos is dying down, you know, because even even our global overlords like to take a Christmas vacation. I think that's what's going on. I think that's all it is, is that they're taking a Christmas vacation. Yes. And then heading into (laughs) keeping the main thing the main thing, we're going to be talking about uh, what? Acts chapter 19, a situation, not necessarily people, because all of the people are screw-ups. There are seven brothers that we're going to talk about. Ooh, I think I know what story that is. I mean, And all of them are screw-ups. All right. Well, I'm ready to do this thing. Are you? I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Here we go. All right, guys, we're going to jump with two feet straight into the big idea. And for the big idea I, this week, you know, it is the holiday season. The lights are twinkling and I can't help but get a certain little warm feeling deep in my chest during this time of year. I'm not going to lie. I love in your fuzzy little heart. My, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you guys, man. I, I have a, a pretty sensitive nostalgia bone um i i like putting on like rat pack christmas listening to bing crosby i have mm. like a whole repertoire of christmas movies that i pull out and it's a big stack mm. uh the christmas decorating party at my house because we go pretty big every year is a thing that i look forward to and this year it was pretty cool because me and and mrs cfc basically kind of sat back and the boys put the tree up this year and did everything and and it was it was really cool are they into nog yet dude (laughs) yeah carson has has sent us back uh to the store at least four times (laughs) Because That's he just he keeps, he right. keeps draining it, man. I had to show the other day. I had to show him how to make it because I was like, "I'm not going." It's nine o'clock at night. I'm not going to the studio. I'll help you make eggnog. Oh, All right. okay. Cool. So we did. Sweet. So we did that. But then I, you know, he didn't like the way that I spiced it. So he was like, "Ah, dead." <laughs> but anyway, you know, and so it being that time of year, it got me yes. thinking about the traditions that we have, right? Whether they're like family traditions, like the aforementioned that I just went through, whether they're like religious traditions, like uh, your church going through the Advent candle and lighting the Advent wreath each year, uh, whether they're national traditions, like, you know, it's uh, the, we got the Macy's Day Parade for Thanksgiving that hundreds of thousands of people enjoy going to. We all try to kill each other 
uh, getting to the store the next morning on Black Friday, national tradition, right? Uh, the lighting of the uh, the tree at Rockefeller Center in New York City is is another big national tradition <clears throat> that that people really enjoy. Um, and so, kind of one of the things that I wanted to ask you right up here at the top is like, why do you think that that these traditions are so important or are they not that important to us because there seems and and the reason i'm asking is because there seems to be this notion you see it like in the progressive christian movement and you certainly see it like in the universities and in the in the left wing kind of paradigm in general that it's just you know tear those statues down Stop that. We don't need to be holding to these traditions. And it seems like a lot of it is just like the movement is to just throw them out wholesale. Right. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. I personally believe that that being rooted in traditions is important, but I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it up here at the top. Um, Traditions are, are incredibly important. Um, They connect the, uh, present to the past. Um, they do that per generation. I was just talking about a way, um, let, let's supersede a lot of the other traditions that we know um, and um, try this one on for size. So Jurassic Park uh, uh, the Jurassic series is coming out with a new video game. Uh, I believe it's going to be released next year. In the video game, the opener of the, the the video game, they use three iconic scenes, but not the same person. A whole new person is doing it, but the scenes are identical to the first movie of Jurassic Park, even though they're out of order to the to the first movie. So they just character but, swapped somebody in? But they put a character in it. The three scenes are um, where, when I say the kids, do you know who I'm referring to? The, the brother-sister mm-hmm. team? Yeah. Okay, so the brother-sister team make it back to the center, and they're in the kitchen area, and the raptors are chasing the girl around. Okay, so she crawls inside the stainless steel. They remove her, and they put in this other female um, because they're redoing it. And so it's not the same little girl. It is a grown woman. It is identical to her movement. Oh, it's also animated so that they can put that person in. Okay. But that's what they're doing. And as they fade into the next scene, do you remember um, the the one guy? Um, he was a scientist, and um, he was going to flee the island with one canister that had uh, some of the, the nephew. Yeah. Yeah, the nephew. And as he's leaving, he goes into the uh, he runs into a, a giant lizard, the ones that fan out yeah, the, Dilophos- the, sp- the Dilophosaurus the sp- spitting spitting lizard. OK, that scene and gave so- me nightmares when I was a kid, by the way. <laughs> and so they did. They redid that scene. And and this and I'm giving you the order that they did them okay. because that's not the order that they came in the movie. And then oh, the last yes. scene score one for me. Is, Dilophosaurus. I was right. <laughs> there you go. And the last scene was a person who comes out of the gates and they fall 
And when they fall, there's a puddle of water in front of them. All of a sudden, they hear. Well, that can't... And as they do that, they see the ripples. across my ears really well. They see the ripples that went through the go through the puddle, sure. and all of a sudden they turn around and guess who's coming up behind the them? T- right, T Rex, baby. Yeah. Right, and and so uh, I was talking with Kay about that, and I said, you know, here's the cool thing: you're three generations later, but. The first generation that saw that, even though the characters are totally different, those scenes are so iconic. They are so traditional to that movie that the person from the first generation, we now have another generation that has actually never experienced that that moment where the ground is shaking, your ears are shaking, and you look and you see that ripple in that puddle of water. Mm -hmm. And the first generation person isn't watching the screen. They're watching their kid. Right. That has never seen it before. Right. Well, okay, let's kick that over to Christmas. You're the first time that you get to do something, something that you've done 101 times, but you're not going to watch what's going on. You're going to watch your kid. And to see, are they going to have the same reaction that I do? Oh, oh, here it comes! Oh, oh man! Well, oh, that is so great! It's that uh, uh, there's that there's that iconic. <laughs> you made me think about the movie, The Christmas Story, because the kid Ralphie goes through that whole <laughs> movie. If you guys haven't seen it, trying to get a hold of that stupid Red Ryder BB yeah, gun, want a Red Ryder two hundred shot range model air carbine action <laughs> BB gun, and he goes through the whole scene, the whole movie, trying to get it, and he's stymied at. Every corner, at every turn, he can't can't get a hold of this stupid BB gun, and then it because of one reason you'll shoot you're gonna shoot, shoot your eye out. out. But in the end of the movie, it's really cool. Uh, the dad ends up being like the hero of the film, and that scene where he goes, you know, I think you missed a gift. It's over there in the corner, and he sneaks over and he pulls it out, and he, and then it's just like the dad's watching him open it, and the wife looks at him and she's like, Are you? I had one when I oh, was oh, oh, his see, 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 age. Settle down, settle down. He's cool. And and his dad was just living the moment. Yeah, exactly. And that's the, like remembering what you just what you were just describing to me brought that scene back to my mind because a hundred percent. Um, I told you a little bit ago about watching my boys decorate the Christmas tree, um, and you know, like you would have you would have recognized the scene because it's the same way we always do it. We put on the little fake fireplace in the tv because we don't have one anymore <laughs> turned on the uh the christmas music with the rat pack had it playing yeah. uh with a little yeah. alvin and the chipmunks thrown in there yeah yeah <laughs> golden harmonica sure <laughs> right and and then the boys are pulling out the the christmas decorations you know one by one and then they're it and a big part Oh, where do you know where that decoration came from? That that decoration came. Well, that was given right. to me. Or th- there, therein lies a so uh, one of the things of tradition right. is also passing along history. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that you described it so aptly. the The reason that traditions are so important, they're so crucial, is because it does connect us. I wrote down here. It connects you to your culture. Like it, it, depending on where the tradition is rooted, 
it connects you to your to your family. It connects you to your community. If it's a community tradition, something that we all share, it connects you to your culture at large. It connects you to your fellow believers. If it's a religious tradition, Christian, and, yeah, religious, and, yeah. and the word that I wrote down here was anchor. It anchors you so that you you you're you're not drifting, right? And when you when right. you understand that, it becomes very easy to see why somebody with nefarious purposes may not want people to feel anchored or connected to each other, but would want them to make impulsive and you know petulant decisions because they don't have something that that connects and binds them together you see where i'm going with all that yeah l- l- let's let's put it this way on a very much larger scale the um ccp um you know what was it 1943 mal took over um, uh, 40, coming, 49. I can look it up here real quick if you 49. want. 49. Yeah, it, it, it's in relationship yeah, the to Revolution World War II. Is right, it comes right on the heels. Yeah. I think the party okay. started in 39 and then they take over right after World War II. Okay, okay. So, and the first thing that they did was eradicate, you're talking over 1,500 years as a culture, they eradicated their history. Oh, man, you nailed it. He, and he came to power in 1943. Him specifically, okay. Mao. Okay. Anyway, um, and 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 they 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 when I mean eradicated it, I'm talking about burning books, burning what, uh, tearing down statues, all those things that keep um, you connected to your past. 1500 years of history. Do you know that there are people that there's a lot more Americans that are connected with Chinese history than the Chinese people. They have no idea of their history. Now there's, there's, there's reason is because if they go back and have an anchor (laughs) into their ancestry, ancestral history and that you know yes they had their emperors and so forth but as a people they were way more autonomous than what they are now mm-hmm. and and if they somehow have some connection to that then there becomes a power and learn about their history and learn about where they come from there may be a desire to return to that but if you eradicate that, so now you're talking about three, four generations heading on to five that had no idea what their their uh, previous 1,500 years of history was. Right. And and because of that, there's there's no anchor. Now move that into the what you proposed at the very beginning of this segment. Uh, we have liberals and others that are just wanting to tear it out and and just get rid of it. Yeah, because if they are want the change that they want, they have to get rid of the anchor. Yeah, it's it's a person who knows what it is to be free is a lot harder to control than a, yeah. than a person that's that's born in captivity. Yeah. 
I.e. the 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 elephant principle. Um, If anybody knows anything about the training of elephants, when they're a baby, they will take that elephant and they will put the most ridiculous chain on that baby elephant's leg. And after a while, that baby elephant believes that it can't break that chain as it grows up. They'll go to a rope. And then pretty soon, all they have to do is drape something around the elephant's foot that it could snap like a thread, but it won't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the so the example that I wrote down here of of this whole why is tradition important? Um, I heard this analogy one time, and it's it's really stuck with me. Imagine that you're walking through an empty field right out on the prairie and there's nothing for for miles around in any direction just this empty grass field or meadow and then out here in the middle of this meadow you come across a gate it's standing all by itself right there's two types of of people one type of person would say i don't know why this gate is here i don't know who put it here and I, I should probably go figure that out. The other type of person will look at that gate and be like, there's no need for this gate to be here and just tear it down. And that's kind of the thing that we're talking about right now. When you have these traditions, you have stakes that are driven into the ground. Some of those, you know, some traditions you may think are goofy or silly. And you're like, you know, there's no, there's, I don't know why we do this. You know, the, the, the grandma with the, with the ham. I don't know why we always <laughs> just sitting here thinking of that. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't know why we cut the ends of the, of the ham off, but well, grandma did, you know? So, um, but just because a tradition is silly, it, it probably happens for a reason. It was started for a reason. So don't just be so quick to throw it out just because you don't know why it's there. Right. Right. And that's kind of my entire point of the gate in the field. Somebody put it there. Now is the, you know, has the, has the time of its usefulness ceased to exist? That may, that may May, very well be. Maybe. And we, and, and that's okay. Maybe traditions rise, traditions fall. But my, my point and what I'm arguing for. And the reason I wanted to use that analogy is, if you're throwing traditions out just for the sake of throwing them out, then that's just as bad, probably worse than the people on the other side that are like, you know, why do we do this? I don't know, (laughs) but it's, but it's it's the way that we do it. Right. Right. There's a, there's a happy spot in the middle to where you're like, we, we hold on to those meaningful traditions to us and then pass down, you know, to our kids and our grandkids, the meanings. Pass down the why. And the why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what really keeps you, keeps you anchored, yeah. keeps you reading. So before we go, we, you alluded to the story and the people are out there, <laughs> people are out there going, what is he talking about the ham? So may I? Can, can I explain Absolutely, it? please. 
Okay, okay. And, and we'll go out on this because yeah. I, I think I think we need to move on. But, um, yeah, there was a, a, a young girl, uh, I think she was seven or eight, and she's watching her mom prepare ham. Uh, they're getting ready to have a traditional Christmas dinner, and they're going to have ham together. And, and so the mom whacks off the ends of the ham, and the little eight-year-old girl says, Mom— Mommy, why do we take the? Why do you cut the ends off of the ham? And the mother stops and goes, uh, "I, I don't know. That's just something my mom always did. I, I just assume that it makes the hand more tender." And um, so uh, her mother came in. So this would be the little girl's grandma. She comes in and uh, she says, "Mom, uh, grandma, why, why do we take the take the ends off of the ham?" And she goes. Well, that's the way my mom always taught me how to do it. The great-grandmother, they went and was picking her up from a home. She was coming into the dinner. They brought her in. She she was on a walker, barely able to make it in, but she comes in, and they got it all set up. And sure enough, the little great-granddaughter says, Great-grandma, they told me to ask you, why do you cut off the ends of your ham before you bake it? And she goes, well, dear... We were at the Depression, and we only had one pan, and it was really small, and most of the hams that we would get wouldn't fit into it. <laughs> so we would have to cut off the ends in order for it to be fit into the pan so we could get it into the oven. <laughs> it's just that simple. <laughs> there you go. That's that's the story yeah. and how the tradition was started. And you may go, well, that argues for every reason not to have tradition. No, 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 no. All of a sudden, if you think about it, once the why was told, you can follow that through. You can do it. Don't have to do it. It's not going to make any difference to the ham. But you all of a sudden learned the plight of the great-grandmother during the Depression and only having one pan to be able to cook in. That That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And there therein lies – now – do you want to remember the things that your great grandparents had to go through? Maybe you do, and and you want to recreate them. Um, but the whys really, really matter. Hundred percent. That's what we want to leave you guys this week. Don't be so quick to throw out things that seem like they may be useless to you now, because mm-hmm. maybe the fact of just remembering why it was put in place in the first place is point enough to keep it around. Sure. Absolutely. That's what we got for you guys this week. Let us know down in the comments what you thought of that. Hey, let us know if there's any funny traditions that you have in your family that have funny stories or anecdotes like that. Oh, that would be so cool to see. Yeah. Please write them. Yeah, let us know. Uh, also, make sure that you're leaving the video a like, uh, subscribe, follow. And if you would, the only way that we're going to grow is with your guys' support because the algorithms, they, they do not like us. Like not even nope. a little bit. So no, or anybody like us because um, I'm, I'm hearing about other people that are getting throttled. Uh, one big name got actually kicked off. Yeah. Demonetized. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, they're doing it. Absolutely, guys. A rising tide raises all ships. So if this is the type of message that you want to see go out, make sure that you're supporting people that are putting this message out into the world. That's all we got for you. Hope you guys are sticking around for the who's who and what's new and the keeping the main thing the main thing. We'll see you over there.
All right, guys, we're going to keep her moving straight into who's who and what's new. And like I promised you, you know, a little bit of a heads up next time, man, I was just about ready to reach down and take my shoes off. And all of a sudden you just launched right into this thing. So that's pretty cool. I'm, 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 I'm... <laughs> all right. Hey, we're, we're live. We're doing, yeah, thanks, we're doing man. the thing. <laughs> my bad. I thought you said you were ready. I did, but bam, here we go. So take it away, Chris. All Do right. it again. So like I promised you guys, uh, we got some more good news this week. Or, well, I'm not sure that it's like good news is actually happening as much as just maybe our, our globalist elite overlords are taking their Christmas vacation. So there's a, maybe some less manufactured chaos out there. That's probably... Thank goodness they are. But yeah, you know, it's like if they're going to take a break, I'm going to enjoy taking the break too. So yeah, right, yeah, let's it's do. all good. But anyway, I'm going to remind you guys, like I do every single week, we have not talked about these before now. Uh, nope. um, I go out the day of, I find the stories that I think are the most important or the things yep. that interest me the most. I bring them here and then we talk about them. That being said, are you ready? I am ready. Right, what do you got? Here we go. Boom. Uh, I think this is the most important thing that's happened in the last two days. Hunter Biden indicted on tax charges. Did you say Hunter Biden? Uh, I said Hunter Biden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he's biting on something. Uh, anyway, go man, ahead. I don't know. But anyway, so the, the bomb has dropped. Uh, he has been indicted on charges. It looks like he is facing up to 17 years in federal prison. Uh, he's being charged both in California and in Delaware. Uh, and I do believe it's on nine. There's at least nine different felony charges that he's facing here, all dealing with tax evasion. Right. <laughs> it's the, a, old, the old Al Capone. I, <laughs> can't get him any other way. Get him so on, let's get him on tax get him evasion. On tax evasion. Oh, man. It's it's funny when you watch the the beast eat itself, like consume itself, you know? Right. So yeah. my, my take on this story is um, obviously for whatever reason, I would say that maybe the Democratic Party has decided that it's probably done with the current presidential administration. Uh, it's run its course. I think that they're looking at and this is all purely conjecture, guys, just from from what I'm seeing. Um, but his poll numbers are absolutely terrible. I think they thought uh, that watching Donald Trump get indicted as many times uh, as he did, was going to level the playing field, was going to put Trump down, was going to make Biden, you know, look incredible by comparison. But unfortunately, uh, you can only put so much lipstick on a pig. And I think I think this is basically their way of... A little blush goes a long way, though. <laughs> I I will say I, to me, this looks like uh, they're paving the way um, for for him to move out. So now this is their reason, right, to to get him out. And so basically I see a situation where we're moving into election time next year. They go, we're going to press forward with this uh, unless, you know, basically the deal is pardon your son and then you can you can leave you know, from the white house and we've got another person coming in. That's the situation that I think that he's being kind of set up for. 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what maybe your take is on it. But. Um, my take is is that it's a symbolic sacrificial pig that will never serve. Um, well, will not serve more than six months, if a year. Mm. Uh, and even then, it will be where all the good bad boys go to serve. Um, yeah, and 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 we're moving right along. I I think uh, what they're saying is that the people would like a, a pound of flesh, and so we'll give them an ounce, and hopefully that'll satisfy them. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point too. I just you know a couple of things about it. The everybody calls him a kid, which is so funny. He's still cast in the media as you know because he's the first son, so he's cast in the media as a child. Dude's like 53 years old. Like he's not a he's not a kid. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> almost he's almost my age. Yeah, but anyway, uh, he's not going to serve a day in jail. You know, so for no. anybody that's looking at this and they're like, oh, they're going to get him. He, no, he might he might, but do understand he'll have protective services in the jail because he is the president's kid. Right. right. I just don't want people to get their hopes up about the situation. You know, this is like you're you're watching uh, this the symptoms right of political chess that's being played behind closed doors, right. and so yeah, yeah, so yeah, Martha Stewart is going to face more time. Martha Stewart <laughs> will actually do more time than he will, even if he is convicted and everything else. That the idea is is that he will become the sacrificial lamb. Um, the um, um, what's the story in the Bible actually where, um, you put the sins of the, of the nation on him. What is that called? Um, well, the, the, I know you're talking about sacrifice for, yeah, it's not, it's not a sacrifice. You're the scapegoat. Uh, thank you. The scapegoat. He, he is going to be the scapegoat for the family. And as they lead him out, everybody will shed a tear and they'll get where they're going. The thing of it is, is once he's out of sight, then, you know, um, he'll be let go for good behavior or whatever, for whatever 90 days that he's put in and, and the people forget about him and we, and we just move on. Mm. I, I, I really think that that's the direction that it's going. Oh. That's, that's the feel that I get because, I, I would like to think that it's the other stuff that you're talking about, but they're not putting anything, any other person behind it. And because it's time to bring that person up past time, uh, if, if they were going to put Biden out to pasture and, and do all that stuff. So well, interesting. We'll see. What, we'll, we'll see who's right. I, I say I say he doesn't serve a day in jail. And uh, Papa pardons him. That that's my shot. I'm calling my shot. Okay. And I say he spends incredibly limited time in jail and until people aren't watching, and then he'll be let out so that everybody will. And and I also think that they're trying to create that. Oh, look what Biden did. Oh man, we're we're feeling bad for him. And uh, so I I think that's trying to be, you know. We shall see. You guys let us know in the comments down below what you think. And then there's always number three. That's, you know, that's the thing that neither one of us are choosing. So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving right along. So this story is cracking me up. It's actually from two weeks ago, but I saved it because I'm like, we've got to talk about this one. Mayor Adams signs legislation to prohibit height or weight discrimination in employment, housing and public accommodations inside of new york city so this this story is cracking me up because like 
it's, it sounds like such a good idea on the surface. Like, yeah, there should be no discrimination against height and weight, you know, in public accommodations or in employment. They shouldn't be able to discriminate against somebody because they're five foot three and 300 pounds, as Oliver Anthony would sing. But OK, how the, about seven foot and 300 pounds? Here's the, here's the thing, man. So it just absolutely cracks me up because what I'm seeing is like they're literally trying to like legislate against the very fabric of nature itself, which makes no sense to me. I, you know, it's it briefs well on paper, maybe, I guess. But if you're saying that you can't discriminate against somebody in public accommodations, like you do realize that there's only so much space in the world. Right. So it's like if you if you if you're owning a business and say somebody is too hefty to fit through the front door and they're like, hey, according to the laws of New York City, you're discriminated against me based on my weight. You got to tear that door open and, you know, make make it wider so that I can get in here. The rooms are too small. The staircases are too small. I couldn't get in the bathroom. But homeboy, there's only so much space inside of a city. So it's like, how are those buildings? Do you see what I'm trying to get at? So it's like as one building bumps into the next one, trying to bigger itself in order to accommodate fatty, which is which is what, what this is all based on, right? Right. right and then for right. a more pragmatic argument, like you're going to tell me that now in the New York Police Department, right, or the Fire Department, or oh, donut chasers, come on, or man. jobs, come on, man. or jobs where it matter matters because you have to have a certain amount of like physical capability. You know, so you're telling me that they're now, according to this legislation, because he signed it. It's law now, baby. It's like, sorry, you can't remove me from the police department or you have to hire me into the police department. You can't discriminate against me based on my height or my weight. It's like you can't even walk across the floor. You know what I mean? You can't do this job. No, nope, can't discriminate against them. So I'm I'm really looking forward to watching this one just like absolutely kick them in the teeth because oh, yeah. this is the, it's, this is this the one's going to be expensive. This one's the type of thing where like you, you opened this Pandora's box yeah. and this one, because yeah. reality will eventually reassert itself. We've had, sure. we've had laws that are, uh, you know, anti-discrimination based on like race, religion, and and things like that but it's 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 hard to prove that somebody's discriminating against you based on your race or like religion or even other types of characteristics that maybe you necessarily can't see but you especially can't see on an application or something like that but all you, somebody's size <laughs> you can't you can't change that and it's not and the funny thing is is they're going to be like it's the building discriminating against me Homeboy, it's not the building that's discriminating against you. It's it's just reality. It's the world. Like, you take up more space <laughs> than other people. <laughs> well, check this out. Okay, so we've got um, uh, airlines that if you're that big and you're kind of oozing over there into that other dude's seat next to you, you have to buy that seat if you're going to fly on there. So not only one seat, but you have to buy two. Now, here's the other thing. If you want to sit like that, man, that's got to be uncomfortable bridging two seats on an airplane. I would I would say with your crack on the crack. Yeah. Oh, 
I, I, mean, I would oh. say. <laughs> well, you did say. <laughs> but the, I should. But you have so. to do that. So, so you fly into New York, taking up two seats. You go through there. They made you do that, and you just have. Big uh, ambition, and you're feeling like the world's really unfair. Thing you know, you go to get in the cab, and the guy in the back of the cab says, "Whoa, this is going to cost you." That's it. Nope. Nope. Sorry, I'm suing somebody. You cannot discriminate against me. Um, I, I, no, I. Um, this, this is going to cost. It, this is going to cost a lot. And I, I'm here for it, man. You, like I said, you made this bed, dude. <laughs> Why? Let, let, just alone, alone. Try this. What it would be interesting. There would be a difficult way to to do it, but you could figure it out. What it will cost New York just in court costs and time lost with people being in the legal system. I'm sure somebody is going to be doing that math. Somebody's going to have to be looking at that. And, and, and it just, and I can guarantee you that that cost is going to be astronomical. And just one more thing, one more straw that's going to break the camel's well, and back. And that city's going broke the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like you guys are doing it to yourselves. <laughs> at no point did anybody stop and look at this paper and be like, I can't make the world a bigger place. <laughs> like that's what you're asking me to do. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so. it's super discriminatory to to yeah. fat is beautiful. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Anyway, it's not it's not me discriminating against you. That's what I'm telling in, you. In in correct proportions, yes. <laughs> well. All right. Moving right along. So this story actually had uh is 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 a bit of good news and i want to highlight this because it's a really good expose on the left versus the right wing mm, news media and like information operations okay so here we got photo shows mostly empty seats for dylan mulvaney event at penn state and uh if you guys can see this here but he was coming into penn state to do a talk they rented out an auditorium that sat roughly a thousand and i would say looking at this photograph he's got like less than a hundred people in there oh is what it was that like. shows it's, up really and bad. it's it's like he's got like the first three three rows up front and that that's about it and and the optics on that are just so bad but again the reason i wanted to highlight this is because uh this individual was chosen as a champion for the like trans movement last year this has been like a 6 month story arc so if you guys want to stroll down memory lane with me for just a second right I don't the know. whole do we really want to the go there? whole the whole bud light uh, right. boycott was started yep. over this. So, so th this th Dylan comes out of obscurity completely to explode onto the scene, doing the my days of girlhood, you know, turning myself into into a woman thing, makes a complete mockery of females in my in my estimation, watching some of these videos that he made, there's, there's this one where he's like, it's my first day of being a woman. And he's like, and then he goes on to make these super stereotypical 
judgments on women. He's like, I wrote a scathing email, which I didn't send. Uh, and then I, and it's just like all this stuff that he said. He's like, I, it, it cracked me up. And I'm like, is that what your take on what women do? Like <laughs> what they're like? Okay, whatever. It's a caricature. Well, if he had the right hormones, maybe he could identify. I don't know. But anyway, so you got people on in the right wing sphere, Matt Walsh specifically from the Daily Wire. I'm going to I'm going to call him out, has made this one of his personal campaigns to fight against the the trans movement. And I think that he can take this right here and and hold it up like an absolute trophy. And I think that this shows that there is there is a shift happening in the culture war because six months ago, Dylan Mulvaney was like the darling of the left. Like they had this, they had him perform at the Rockefeller Center last year. What does he do when he performs? He, he I mean, dances what? and sings. He he was a he was a stage actor before he got famous on TikTok. Oh, yeah, he's a, okay. a yeah. So. And he actually has a decent voice. I, I got to give credit where credit's due. He actually sings very well. But it, that is completely beside the point. The point here is he was chosen very specifically as a uh, a champion of the trans movement. Was everywhere. They started putting him on, you know, Bud Light cans. Everybody remembers that flashpoint, which completely tanked Bud Light uh, in the backlash. And now, based on the way that the right wing is kind of getting its information operation game together, figuring out how to play the media, they they have made this guy so radioactive, so toxic, that even at liberal Penn State University, he can't get a hundred people to show up and watch him give a speech. Uh, speech. Well, dude. He ruined Bud Light. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. You know, it, you gotta, you gotta put some scalps on the wall. You gotta, you gotta show. You know, let the homies know when they're when they're doing a good job. Uh, yep. And and trophies need to be set on a case so that you can point mm -hmm. back to it and be like, hey, mm -hmm. we won that yep. one. So the, that's a really that's good the example. Whole point of a trophy. Yeah. Yep. So mm -hmm. there you go. All right, moving right along. Former Speaker Kevin McCarthy to resign from Congress at year's end. Hmm. So he's the shortest serving Speaker of the House. Oh, yep. no, 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 no. Actually, I don't think he was. I looked that up. There was one that served like shorter than him, but it was an interim situation. So, uh, but he's the only Speaker of the House to ever be removed. Uh, and then here we got two months after him being removed. And I guess he's like, chalk deuces <laughs> like i'm i'm out this thing and he's he's leaving at the year's end he's not even going to finish serving out his term uh and he's walking away so this comes off to me as a pretty petty move uh you know i i would say it kind of shows that uh I, kevin mccarthy only wants whatever he feels is best for kevin mccarthy doesn't seem like there's a lot of team player spirit going on here and uh I don't know. My personal, I guess, take on it is like good riddance, you know, like, <laughs> of course, I don't I wouldn't give you more than, t you know, I don't trust any of these guys any further than I can throw them is a better way to say it. But yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't necessarily like any of them. Yeah, I don't. 
I don't know them, and uh, I've I've had a lot of people have opinions about me that I found out about that, you know, it's like, how can you have that opinion? You don't even know who I am and what I'm really going through. So uh, my my take on it is, you know, we all do what's good for us. So why doesn't he get that if, if this is good for him? Good for him. Um, it's, he is taken a huge brunt, uh, went to be speaker of the house, did a lot of things, made a lot of concessions, put his name out there. Um, he got sabotaged by, uh, other people looking, not uh, just looking to sabotage in order to get a name. They weren't necessarily interested in being team players. Um, and then we want to sat, uh, you know, saddle him with being a team player. I don't know. After you get punched in the nose so many times and you've been a punching bag and you were doing good things, um, it, realizing that, you know, your hands are cuffed. You, you can only work one way and you try to keep your team together, but you got people on your own team. That's literally, you know, uh, kicking you in the nads. Um, yeah, there comes a point in time where you go, you know what? I, I've just lost my stomach for this. And, um, you do things like this and um you know i i got a school back home that's willing to give me a professorship and i can go and teach i'll be home with my kids i don't have to do this campaign stuff anymore i'm 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 done i've lost my stomach for it uh i i can see that happen i know one other politician that that happened to good man and um he left Washington D.C. and uh, happened to be in Cincinnati, and and uh, went to Washington. And uh, he did finish out his term. Uh, his dad was a politician and served for twenty seven years uh, in the House, um, and basically he ran for his dad's seat, uh, served one term, came back home, and was on the local. Um, he was the anchor on the local news channel for the rest of the time while I was in Cincinnati. Um, he he, it, it just made him so sick, turned his stomach, he ended up getting out of politics, <laughs> period. So um, we don't know. I'm, I'll leave it at that. I've, I've learned some things about McCarthy that makes me give him more kudos uh, and then being a person that has taken pot shots from other people who didn't know me, there's things I have no idea about. If he wants to ride off into the sunset, let him go. Yeah. That kind of reminded me when you were saying that, uh, if you guys have never seen it, an excellent film. Uh, it's got Jimmy Stewart and it. it's called Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yes. And it's, it's about that situation that you described right there. He, he, uh, Ends up getting called, I think it's from New York in the film, but a, a congressman dies, uh, and so he is appointed to take the congressman's seat only till the end of the term, until yep. until another election can be made. And while he's there, the reason that he was chosen is he was just supposed to be a reliable vote for the caucus. So they yep. So they chose a young, idealistic guy to come into washington and then once he sees how the sausage gets made <laughs> he just, it pretty much disgusted him yeah. Uh, yeah it's a great it's a great film if you guys have never seen it go check it out all right uh it, it really is and and the thing of it is is it, it's 
you would think it would be apropos for today, but I think um, it hit too close to home, man. <laughs> I, it, I we haven't seen any. Okay, I'll give you an example. They call them the squad, yeah. um, but we haven't seen people that took a look at how the sausage was made and make them and made them squeamish and said, "We got to do something about this. This is wrong." But rather, people take a look at how the sausage is made and go, I can make some money off of that. That's what it is. And, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and we just keep seeming to get more of that. And, uh, yeah, so and, – and it's led us to, to where we are. Yep. Anyway, enough of that. We need a change. We need a change. Term limits would be a good place to start. But, I think so. But there's there's other so. arguments in there too. But anyway, moving right along, last story that I got for you today, and this one. All right, lay it on this me. This is kind of interesting. So, okay. video: Kim Jong Un in tears as he urges Korean women to have more babies. Wait a minute! Didn't we already have a story about uh, um, having rights about being certain sizes? <laughs> I'm not drawing the conclusion that you are. I don't know where you're going. With okay, this joke. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it just because he's? So this is a whole other story. Huh? It, it okay. is another story. It is another story. Okay, <laughs> but this one interested me because uh, the last couple of days, my feed has been blowing up with this debate that's going on about. Uh, the certain subgroup of Americans, they like to call themselves dinks. Have you heard this stupid term yet? <laughs> no. Okay. But... This is gonna crack it's gonna crack you up. So it stands for it's it's <laughs> I know. You can't are you guys are you guys saying this unironically? Could they not have picked a better name? Literally anything would have been better. Like I, I would have rather you just said the whole thing out. <laughs> yeah, okay. All anyway. Right, all right. Uh, so it stands for dual income, no kids, D I N K. <laughs> and then apparently there's an even like a subgenre of that where if you have a dog, it's dual income, no kids with a dog. So it's dink wad. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, man. But anyway, so he's. he's <laughs> These couples are making all of these like super Merry Christmas. Yeah. You just handed us one. Yeah. I... <laughs> Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter. All right. So And a happy new year to you. Yeah. In jail. Uh, so these couples are making these videos where they're extolling the virtues of their Dinkwad. of their lifestyle, of the Dinkwad lifestyle. Uh and they and and it's all stuff like you know, hey, because we have no kids, we get to sleep in. We can go anywhere that we want, whenever we want. This one, this one dude was even saying, like, I go to Costco and buy all the snacks I want for me. And I was like, okay, okay. you know, like these are these are the points that they're making. But the idea is because I don't have uh, children, I have more time for myself that I can spend on myself. It's a bit, it's very selfish, very very super narcissistic. Uh, and I find the whole notion. Hey, Dinkwad. Yeah. Of course you can. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but in the midst, in the midst of this, where we, where we have, you know, social media apps like TikTok promoting this stuff here in the United States. And it's like, we all know for a fact by this point, how the algorithms work and what they upvote and what they downvote and what, what we're being seen. 
But then you go over and you look at, you know, the leader of uh, like one of the worst communist regimes in the world. Like I, I had no love lost on Kim Jong-un over here. Right. Yeah. He's a terrible, yeah. Yeah. terrible, yeah. evil tyrant dictator. But even he is like going to his North Korea, like even this guy, right, knows enough to go to the ladies of North Korea and be like, please, I need you. I need you have more baby. Make babies. <laughs> I'm Ronri. I need you make baby now. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's okay because I'm making fun of Kim Jong-un. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But anyway, yeah, it's just the, the juxtaposition of those two stories breaking at the same time really cracked me up. So that's what I got for you guys this week on who's who and what's new. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed keeping up with us and working through the stories. Hope you're sticking hey, around. Dinkwad, <laughs> get off my computer. <laughs> I hope you're sticking around for the keeping the main thing, the main thing. Hey, let us know in the comments down below what your favorite story was this week. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. We'll see you guys over and keep the main thing, the main thing. we're going to end up with the keeping the main thing the main thing and for the main thing tonight we've got we have well, i don't know what you're looking for what do you mean we got i don't know what, 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 what do we've got well we got a story that comes out of the book of acts all right there's a there's a lot of incredible things in the book of acts uh in fact the title of the book is the acts of the apostles uh, recording their actions after Jesus ends up leaving this earth and going to heaven. It's written by the uh, physician Luke, who is hanging out. He's a Greek. He's uh, hanging out with the disciples. And so uh, before he writes the Gospel of Luke, he writes it from the position of um, listening to the stories and writing them down. He's trying to convince his friend Theophilus that that Jesus is the Messiah. That's the first one. So the second book is him continuing to write a letter to Theophilus, his second letter, and said, after Jesus did all those things, here's what his disciples did. And so that's the point of the book of Acts. So then he starts following uh, the life of this guy by the name of Paul, which by the way, Luke becomes a really good friends and, and, uh, all the stories in the in the Gospel of Luke are second-handed stories. All the stories in the book of Acts, most of them are first-handed stories because he was there. 
So a little bit difference in the books and one of the reasons why, or actually they're epistles officially, uh, and one of the reasons why they, they have a little bit different tone. So one's written in second person and then one's written in first person. So the Acts, according to the apostles, most of that book is written in first person. So you get to chapter 19 and, and here's our, our screw ups for the day. Um, you get to 19 and we find out that this guy by the name of Paul, his name used to be Saul. He is now Paul. He's had this tremendous conversion where he was from going around killing people who called themselves Christians to becoming a follower of Jesus Christ himself. Absolutely miraculous. And then God starts using him to do some serious miraculous stuff. Uh, People were wanting him all over the world to come and see them. He didn't have, couldn't be pulled in that many different directions. So he would start doing things like praying over a handkerchief and say, go lay this on them and they would be healed or uh, something else would happen to them. Um, But the thing that really amazed a lot of people is he would pray on something and give it to somebody and they would place it with them and demons would be cast out. In comes our seven siblings. Enter the opposition. The seven sons of Sceva. Uh, That is their name. Yeah. And um, they really like this power about casting out demons. What, what, what do I say? Wait, there's only three things that people want. <laughs> Wealth, power, and prestige. And and this this to them was like this was a drug, this this power. So they they got to the place where it's like, well if Paul can do it. All he needs to do is to say um, in the name of Jesus, come out of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen him do it a hundred times. I seen him do <laughs> I, it. So you know, I know, what? The, if, I know the thing. <laughs> if <laughs> if Paul can do it, we can do it. <laughs> Briefs well on paper. <laughs> so they started doing that. Going around saying, in the name of Jesus, come out of them. In the name of Jesus, come out of them. You got, I get, <laughs> these guys had some moose nuts on them. Oh, First of all, to, oh, yeah. to I, I've had some situations uh, where I've encountered spirits and not angelic spirits. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now. Let's just say it that you know, way. Keep going. Some of the, uh, <laughs> Some of the memories that I have from that, like, still will give me nightmares from time to time. Like, sure. This is not, not anything to mess around with. It is, and anybody it is that's to be, anybody that's to be feared, and anybody that's ever like, it is the essence of fear itself. Well, it's it's, you, it's one of the things that strikes fear into the heart of men. Yeah. Is, are these spirits? And so it's like sure. I can't, for the life of me, understand somebody that's like, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go fight demons. <laughs> like okay, buddy. For the fun of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, and that's the thing for the for the name recognition of it. Like, it's all they had um, going for them because it it was nothing more than they liked having that power. Yeah. They were they were just drunk with wanting that kind of power. Yeah. Well, I can't understand it, but 
Yeah. So they were doing it. Uh, I The Bible doesn't tell us if they were doing it successfully or not, but it does say that they were doing it and um, nothing until they ran into this one guy that had a kind of spirit. They got their and, they got their billboards up. Got demons. Call Skiva. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now, now another little thing is told to us about these guys. All right, their daddy was a priest. So a lot of what they were doing is they were riding on daddy's shoulders. Hey. My daddy's a holy man. I get to do this. My daddy did this. I get to do this. Um, Kind of what they were writing on. Uh, Not the idea of righteousness, not called of God, not uh, uh, doing a spiritual walk themselves. My daddy does this, so I can do this. You can usually tell, too, when it it comes to, like, your church leaders— who who has a, a God anointed calling on their life and who just likes the microphone, who likes to be on the stage. It's basically what we're talking you can, about. You here. can feel it on them. And the main reason why they're doing it is because of daddy. Yeah. Okay. So by the way, do you have the do you have the scripture I sure, to show everybody? I sure it's do. a in about three verses were given the story. So they run into this one demon possessed person. And, um, and that's where our story kind of kicks in. All right. Here's our BibleGateway.com, Acts chapter 19, beginning in verse 13. It says a group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, leading a priest, were doing this. A leading priest. A leading priest. Excuse me. Thank you. We're doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? (laughs) Then... Oh, no. (laughs) Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. Yeah, one one of the biblical versions says battered and bleeding. So, yeah, um, (laughs) he done put a serious can of whoop up on him. (laughs) <laughs> seven of them. Yeah, yeah, he, all seven. All seven of them at one time. Um, at You know, I don't know how all the other ones did it, you know, what happened, because this wasn't the first guy. But that mo- you kind of hinted at it. I've always wondered about this story. That moment had to hit them, I, I think. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? Yeah. And and I just did they did did one of them go, uh oh, yeah. <laughs> or oh no, <laughs> or uh, was one of them at least one of them smart enough to realize 
we're in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> the, it's the the Simpsons memes. Like, Haha, I'm in danger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, not to get deep into the woods and and things like that, but listen, guys, and I I'm uh, I want to talk to the men for just a second. First off, we need men who are spiritual enough to do these kinds of battles. But you can't do these kinds of battles if you aren't spiritual enough. Does that make sense? So we need you. If there's one thing, if you have a warrior's heart, there's one thing that this story should reach out and grab at you and tell you that to do real spiritual warfare, that takes a real warrior. And I realize that it's not guns and knives and it's not that kind of stuff, but the warfare is still just as serious and just the same, and the stakes are even higher. So uh, I'll leave that with you about this story. The one thing that these seven brothers teach us is in their screw-up is that we need godly men, not people to play like godly men. And if you want to know, The enemy knows, the enemy of your soul, the demons, they know who the screw-ups are because they know who the real warriors are. And if you're not on that warrior list, just like what happens here, Jesus we know, Paul we know, who are you? And obviously, nobody's because they just didn't have it. That's what I got. So the so what, right, is need to be in your Bible. You need to be in your in your prayer closet. In the same way that you train, like you wouldn't climb into the ring with Mike Tyson back in his heyday. Mm, heavens you wouldn't, no. You wouldn't. Or Evander Holyfield. You know? Or it, it is those those guys, they, they kill you. Any type of battle that you're going to go into, you, you, need, prepare. you need to train for. You need to prepare yeah. for, and absolutely, we are, whether you like it or not, or, you know, I, I hope this does bother some of you. We are in a spiritual battle right now, like mm-hmm. in the fight for our lives and our very existence mm-hmm. against an enemy that is determined to kill and steal the souls of as many as he can. It's it's scorched earth is Mm -hmm. the only point on his side. Mm -hmm. Right. And like you said, I thought it was a great call to action. Like we need you. We do. We do. We do. I, I, I can't guys, you, you, you're, playing video games, tinkering around with your cars, uh, worried about your careers. Guys, I can't say it strong enough. I really can't. I'm trying I'm going through my heart trying to find the words, 
We need men, men, not boys, not wannabes. We need men that can stand up, that are spiritual men, that can fight a battle, fight for your children, fight for your marriages, that can fight for our culture when we band together and and fight in the name of Jesus Christ. We need these men. And the reason why we are where we are today, I'm, I'm going to stick this to you. You ready for this? The reason why we are where we are today is because we have men who are choosing to be boys and not picking up what really makes a man, and that is to have a deep walk with his God and that can stand in faith and stand up to all the other things that are trying to shoot him down. And and every one of those things are not tangible. They're intangibles. But it takes character in order to do that. And you only get that kind of character by walking with God. Amen. Boy, that sounded preachy. I'm sorry. I mean, it's... I, but I, it's a it's a call. I needed I'm to hear trying it. Trying to make a call. I needed to hear it. If if nobody else, I'm glad that you said it. Hope you guys enjoyed that. That's what we have for you today. Um, let us know down in the comments if if that if that one touched your heart, or if you want to let us know down in the comments how far off base we are. I'd love to hear your opinion about that too. Doesn't mean uh, it'll we'll, be right, but I'd love to hear it. We'll hear it. <laughs> Yeah. Please, guys, uh, if you stuck with us this far, thank you so much. Please give the video Absolutely. a like, a subscribe, follow. Help us defeat the algorithms. The only way that we're going to do it is with your support. And please share the video with a friend. Hope you guys have an awesome week as we march closer to Christmas and the new year. We'll see you guys next week on the Common Frankincense podcast. See you then.